Welcome back, people. This is your boy, Smiling Mastermind, aka Stephen. And we are back with another episode of Artistic State of Mind. Yes, we are back in the building. Um, yes. You sounded really kind of like hesitant. For about, a second, I was thrown off. Did you forget how to introduce the podcast that you've been I forgot doing my name for, for a second. For a second. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's hot out there, oh. man, honestly. Like, you can't blame the, the hotness as an excuse for forgetting your own name. I, I think I can, just for today. Okay. Just for today. But anyway... Mm-hmm. Welcome back, as Stephen said. Um, I'm Jules, aka Juliana. Not. So you forgot your own name as well. Then. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jules, no, I don't start with Jules. So it's Juliana, aka Jules. Um, and yeah, back with another episode of Artistic State of Mind. Yes, yes, we it's are. good to be here and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, as you guys have heard, you've heard a third voice in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, highly anticipated guest of ours. I've been yes, waiting yes. to have him on. On. Yes. Um, and uh, should I do an introduction now or should I wait till a bit later? No, let's do an introduction now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this guy is an actor, a theatre actor, mm-hmm. as well as a TV and film actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's known to kind of start off in the Shakespeare, Glo- no, the RSC. Yeah, yeah. Royal Shakespeare Company. I had to really think about that. Um, and he's gone on to be doing amazing stuff. Um, he was recently, um, I recently saw him at the Young Vic. Um, oh my God. My brother's, I've literally forgotten it. And it's I, that heat. That heat. It really it's really is. the heat. <laughs> You need to remind me. The it's brother's size. The brother's size. I keep on thinking yeah. my brother's keeper. I don't know why. Well, my sister's keeper was a film that Cameron Diaz did, but I had nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my brother's size, Um, I think I've given it away now because he just mm-hmm. said to me what the play was. I also saw him in uh, Night, is it One Night in Miami? Mm. Yes. That was a big show. One night in Miami at the Donmar Warehouse. And I also saw him um, recently, TV-wise. He was in an episode of Black Mirror, Nosedive. Mm -hmm. And he also was in a TV show called Next of Kin. Um, We have Chopin. Do you know what? Yeah, we had a discussion about this just before. Dirisu, 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 Dirisu. Welcome, 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 welcome. Even though I flaked that introduction, everyone's going to slew me on the timeline. But you know, it is what it is. I'm known to do that. Welcome, Shopper. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Very happy to be here. Finally, yeah, exactly. Very excited to have you on the show. Obviously. We're very chilled, very laid back. We're not cool. gonna, there's no pressure to kind of learn stuff and be like, okay, so what's my biography? Let me just make sure well, I have everything on In the cute. same way, you made my CV just sound extensive. <laughs> you know, well, I, it is quite extensive, I just though. thought I was out here doing tutu jobs, you know, <laughs> trying. Oh, no. You're reading them off. I'm like, actually, yeah, I did I that. I was that, that I was in well. that. Sometimes it's good to just like stop and... And realize how blessed you've been. Exactly. Of course. You know, see how far you've come from them school plays days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Had the odd of kind of like stuff Nativity, in school plays. You know? Yep. And stuff like that. So, Stephen, how's your week been? Oh, man. It's been all right. Uh, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I went to Lovebox last yeah. week. Which yeah. day you go? I went both days. Okay, cool. Um, was it on Friday? So, yeah. Friday, I saw um, Scissor. For yes. Very, Scissor. very... For about 10 seconds. For about 10 seconds. A very, very short (laughs) step before she kind of got um, chaperoned off the stage. No, that was wild. Yeah, it was crazy. I know she turned up late, right? Yeah. And um, they wanted to get Anderson Pack on. Mm -hmm. 
But even then, the gap was mad. They were it like was. 25 minutes between her yep. being escorted from the stage. <laughs> yes. Which was wild. They cut her music, they mm-hmm. cut her sound. The audio, and she's yeah. like, oh, I can't hear myself anymore. And then my, just any guy, yeah, just <laughs> guy. came on stage, <laughs> took the mic from her hand and t- held her arm. When I saw him put hands on her, I was ready to rush the stage. <laughs> and I'm sure I wasn't the only person. You it was know. like a TV show, literally just watching like just some action happen right there. It was, it was crazy. But yeah, it was, uh, Friday was good. Um, Skepta performed in the evening as well, mm-hmm. which was, which was, which was like full of energy. And um, who else on Friday was there? That Anderson Pack, Dave, obviously. Anderson Dave. Dave. Um, I love Dave. But yeah, Saturday was the day that I was really, really looking forward to. I got Turns to see Childish Gambino. And that was incredible, honestly, man. I was quite close to the front. Mm-hmm. And I literally just, that energy there was just amazing, man. I loved it. I loved it. But yeah, Lovebox in a whole was good. I don't really do festivals too much. But that was a festival I actually enjoyed. So, That's a lie. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a festival, mate? Last year, but that was, another, that, was a, that was another country. But that was another. It was, a, it was a different experience. Um, Primavera Festival in Barcelona. Oh man, the lineup for that this year was dope. Yeah, last year as well was even was even better. It was, it was so much better, but uh, loads yeah. of people cancelled, so that was quite oh, upsetting because yeah. that was the first time uh, we would have seen Frank Ocean since mm-hmm. the last time we saw Frank Ocean. Yeah, and then a few days before, so we had sorted everything out, and then flights, cancelled. accommodation, everything. We're going out there to see him. And then, and then uh, yeah. he cancelled. Cancelled, and, and then we was... wanted to see King Sunny Ade, and yeah, yeah, he was meant to be there, but he cancelled. He cancelled as well. As well. You I know, know what? A <laughs> Huge fans. A little part of me, obviously, that's our childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little part of me is like, you almost saw King Sunny. I'm kind of glad that he cancelled. <laughs> Thanks. I wasn't there to see him. <laughs> Do you know how much I wanted to come back home and say, Dad, I got to see Sunny Ade on stage, yeah. and it just didnn't happen. Didn't so. happen that's the only person I reckon that I could have told my dad I saw them, and he would have been a little bit jealous. Yeah. 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 Like, exactly. If you can't raise fella from the dead, why? Not? <laughs> yeah. He's is. the next best thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. But anyway, but yeah, um, that was my kind of like week or highlight of my week, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? I'm sure you've got a lot to say. Oh, well, I have a lot. Oh, um, I've just come back from holiday. Oh, yeah. Sweet, sweet Jamaica. So I was there for 10 days um, to celebrate my birthday. Um, so I've come back very tanned. I'm now officially, well, yeah, I'm officially 30. Birthday. Thank you. Can I'm officially 30 and glowing with a lovely tan. So I can't wait to go back to work and say to people, yes, I'm fabulous. Thank you, guys. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, Jamaica was really nice. Bloody expensive, but very nice. Um, I've never forked out so much money in my life on a holiday. Um, but it was all worth it. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I did come home to great news. So that's even better. So just as I thought I spent too much money, I got more money coming to my account. So that's great. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, so Thanks. HMRC is my feel. friend today. Thanks so, for making you know. me feel so good. Ah, yeah, Thank you're you. welcome. Um, you so how's much. your week been, Shopper? My week. Oh, man, I hate this question because every time I get asked it, it immediately just leaves my head. <laughs> so obviously I was at Lovebox. Mm-hmm. But hang on, Lovebox was two weeks ago. It was. That's the last time, we, before that, was the last time we recorded. Oh, okay, so, oh was yeah. it two weeks ago? It was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been a while, but that's literally been a highlight of my past two weeks, you could say. <laughs> okay, so did Lovebox. Mm-hmm. That was a vibe. I was a bit annoyed actually because I didn't go on the Saturday. Oh, okay. For some right. reason I expected Gambino not to bang. Oh really? There's a foolishness. On my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, foolishness of the highest order. And uh, so I saw the videos of him just slaying, mm-hmm. and sort of the internet was there as well. Yes, they I'm were. A massive Sid fan. Yeah. I've only discovered her recently because some of my friends put her, put her in my sphere mm-hmm. of consciousness, and she's incredible. Yeah. So I was a bit annoyed that I missed that, but 
Um, this weekend just gone, I actually went into the wilderness of Huddersfield. Okay. Just, uh, there's nothing there for me. <laughs> <laughs> this really has nothing there for me. My friend has a farm out there. I see. And for some reason, his parents were throwing a party. So it was really good to get out of London for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Cool. Got out of London, had a really great couple of days just walking through nature. Mm. And sometimes it's really great to re- reconnect with nature. Now. Yeah. Completely um, agree. And then also, for the first time in months and months and months, I've been able to play football. Oh, wow. So the last, I've played football twice in two weeks and I've got another game I'm playing tomorrow and then I got another game on Monday and then Tuesday. Like nice. When I've been deprived of football for so long, mm-hmm. I can't wait to just get back to it. So I know I'm going to get injured because I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm going to have over The excitement, you're just like, ah, yeah, and then yeah, oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Well, but we hope yeah, you don't I, get injured. I hope so too. I hope so too. Cool. Cool. Nice. So yeah, I guess we can kind of move on to our next Topic, yes, subject, what's the downbeat? Thing. So what this part we just talk about new stuff that's happened since we've last recorded in regards to theatre, film, television and music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with a bit of theatre news. So the Bush Theatre recently announced its Emerging Writer Group for 2018. Mm. Um, you know, I have a found love for the Bush Theatre and they've just announced a group, a writer's group and there's two names that I know on there and two names that have actually come on to our podcast and spoken to us so it's great to see some familiar faces um so the Emergence Writers Group will be having a new intake of writers the 2018 cohort will be Zia Ahmed Sophia I I remember coming on Zia no, Ahmed, not, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Zia Ahmed. Shame what, on you. What was, no, her, no. what was her first name then? Oh, it's Riz. It's uh, Ambreen. And Ambreen. I was getting there. Okay. Um, uh, Sophia Chelton. <sighs> Here we go. Put your names again. There you go. You can, you can, you can chime in. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Sophia Chetin. Luena. Lu- Luna, Luna. Thank you. Um, You're you really re- collaborating to attack people's names, isn't you? Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tag team, you know. It is. We try. <laughs> Just when I think he's saving the day, he does that. I'll probably make it worse. Yeah, it makes it worse, really. Yeah. Uriel, Keen, um, yeah, me, McCongo. Mm-hmm. I should know this. And Breen Riz, Rizza. Ella Road and Patrick Russell. So yeah. we've had Uriel on our show and oh, Ambreen as well. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Because to... I know Uriel from uh, National Youth Theatre, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, worked with her when she was part of the Playing Up course a couple of years ago. Okay, wow. Which is a phenomenal course. And I'm sure she must have spoken all about it. Yes. Yeah, and then shout out Ella Road as well. Oh. Um, I remember, well, I know her very well. And she just had a play on at the Hampstead, the phlebotomist, which did very well. Okay. So very excited for her. Great stuff. Part of the bush as well. Yeah. So um, this um, the EWWG is an opportunity for the bush to develop relationships with new playwrights encountered through unsolicited, unsolicited submissions, processed and further afield, all of whom are at early stages in their career. It's aimed to support writers of over a sustained period of time and help them encourage work of a new full length play. So they've definitely got, um, I was actually looking at um, basically all the people that are going to be part of these writers groups, Biog, and the stuff they've done is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all great stuff. It's um, it's great to see. That, and I 
it's great to see that obviously the Bush Theatre have put an emerger, em, emerging writers group. And I definitely, I'm sure we're definitely looking forward to see what they um, will be kind of bringing to the table. It'll be quite interesting to see whether or not the Bush then decide to commission some of these guys' work. Because... Mm. You know, you can't have a right screw without actually putting something on the mm. thing. You know what I mean? But, you know, it depends. So, We'll just yeah. have to wait and see. Exactly. Big shout out to the Bush Theatre as well, actually, because something that they've commissioned recently that really surprised me, but I think is wonderful because I believe that theatres should be almost community centres. Mm-hmm. Mm. It shouldn't just be about putting on plays or it should be a place where people want to come together and just have a discussion. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want your art to be doing. Mm. And the... Bush next Monday for the final yeah. of Love Island. They've uh, got Bolu Babalola to host it. So we're, we're all going to sit in a theatre, watch Love Island. <laughs> and discuss it. Do you know what? When, I, when I saw this today, I saw this today on Twitter, actually. And I was yeah. like, yo, at first I was like, huh? And I was like, actually, it's such a good thing. Exactly. Because do you know what? It's like you said, the theatre is more or less a community place. Where well, it should can, be. It I mean, it's be. not yeah. at all places, especially like some venues, some higher established venues yeah. may be a bit too highbrow, mm. but it should always be about the national conversation. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, the national conversation is it's, not violent. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> it definitely I, is. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, def- I'm, I'm actually catching up on it right now. So, yeah. you know. So massive shout out Manny Yunus for having that sort of like inclusivity mm-hmm. as part of his remit. He wants to get people from the area into the building and at the moment what better way after the world cup than love yeah. island you know? yeah and it's true to, to in all honesty like you know we do like you said like theater to, we're talking about diversity and inclus- inclusivity mm-hmm. when it comes to the theater and this is something that like you said a lot of people are talking about it's on our mouths we're talking love island constantly mm. so why not bring it to a space where people can still continue that conversation and exactly. have it in a forum exactly. where you know it, it it's a great place to discuss. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, and it's like, hmm, I should get myself a ticket actually. So yeah, I'm gonna try and sneak in as well. Yeah. I'll be playing football in Sheps <laughs> that night. So I'm just gonna try and sneak in afterwards. <laughs> nice. So good stuff. Any what other news, Stephen? Um so yeah, we we're kind of talking about the internet earlier or mm-hmm. Sid. Yeah. The kid and how they performed the Love Box. Now, um, they did preview some of their songs at Love Box, their new songs at Love Box, mm-hmm. which is great. And now they've actually released their album, Hive Mind. Wonderful. So um, that came out, I believe, a few days ago, which was, I think it was a Friday last week, Friday, I believe. So yeah, they've released that new album. It's been about, I would say, probably about four, actually, three years, three years since the last project which was called ego death mm-hmm. and um they've had all all each of them have had like albums solo albums and sid as well steve lacy um patrick page matthew i've got his last name now but all of them had solo projects and now they've come back together to create a new album you know for everyone to enjoy and listen to in the summer and um yeah hive mind and it's out now and check out if you're interested into I guess alternative R&B, kind of jazz R&B. And Have you just, listened to it? I've had to listen to it. What are your thoughts? Are yeah, your thoughts? so far so good. Like, it does take me a while to digest music. So, but yeah, so far so good. I'm, I'm enjoying the project. So, okay. yeah, I'll probably recommend him one track later on in the show. Oh, you are? Okay, I was about to ask you what's your favorite track. But yeah. You're going to do that later on? We'll find out later. Might as well. Cool. Do you want to go on to your next one or should I? Go ahead. Do you Wrap think? it up. Not wrap it up, but you know. Okay, so this one, I'm in two minds about this one, actually. Um, I'm all over the place because Stephen doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. Um, so, shut, shut, shut. 
<laughs> they have announced that they are looking to possibly do a Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. The, in the works with a black actress. Okay. Um, as the lead or just as, as obviously as the as lead. lead. Oh, wow. I, I okay. don't know. And I quote, I'm quoting okay. whether I, I'm guessing they're not trying to make her, they won't call her Buffy, but okay. they might, I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm not in the, the room there, okay. but I think it's just, it, it's following on from obviously the diverse reboots of Charmed and Rosewell. Mm-hmm. Um, the next series from W WB um, to be reincarnated is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right, right, um, right. So there's no network attached at the moment um, Even though it was previously aired I think on the CW Or was it, yeah, 21st Century Fox um, They're all different names mm-hmm. um, But they are looking for a black actress To star as the lead role Oh, they're um, looking oh, they're, they're not They found haven't one. found no one Okay, yet. cool Now, okay. a lot of people have come out and said Because you know how that? Like, oh yeah, we need like I get what they're trying to do, but at the mm. same time, I'm just like, mm, don't know. Um, <laughs> <You're> very vague. <laughs> please, please. A lot of people have come out and said, um, "Why we already do have a present day black demon slayer?" And obviously, you're you're looking a bit confused, right? I am. You who don't know that? who I'm talking about. Raquel Francis of Crazy Head, which was played by um, Susan Wakoma. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was the basically Crazy Head was like a comedy slash kind of like demon fighting duo, mm-hmm. and Raquel, who was played by Susan, was like this demon uh, demon slayer. So she just go. They would go around killing demons and stuff. Okay. With, I can't remember who played Cara Theobald. Th- thank you. Okay. Um, she. I can't remember who she played. Um. But yeah, it was them two that would go around killing. I see. So it's kind of like. What are they trying to do here? Uh, Let me catch my breath for this one. (laughs) Let me break it down. I think for me, I get you're trying to do reboots and do it all snazzy and bring back this nostalgia element of stuff. But it's not necessary for everything. I think with a lot of people, a lot of writers, up and coming writers, writing so many fresh new ideas... Mm -hmm. Give them the opportunity. Stop trying to look back at a time where television was, whether good or not, whether you enjoyed it, whether having 10 seasons was amazing, Mm -hmm. to then live off of that and try and see if you can recreate that moment. Mm -hmm. You cannot recreate that moment because the people you recreated that moment with are no longer involved. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that same moment, if that makes sense. So I just think for me, there's no point. You right. can have a black, you can have an eight, a black, you can have a black Asian, you know, um, specific island actress playing Buffy or whatever. It's still, it's, it, no. But what about <laughs> if they do? Because I'm going to throw like a spanner. What about if they do have new writers come on board to do these kind of, what but happens then? But you're still... It's, you still think the story is still it's like still because you're basically you've you've announced it as a reboot. You've mm-hmm. not announced it as a new project, a new mm-hmm. writing project. You've announced it as a reboot. And to be honest with you, I just think nah, not having it. Okay. I, I felt the same way. I got really excited when they announced that they're gonna bring out Charm because I love Charmed. When mm-hmm. it came, well, obviously the three sisters and stuff. Wait, so you didn't keep the energy when it came to that? That's no, true. I'm about to finish. I'm okay. finished. I'm okay. keeping that same <laughs> right. energy. Right. I felt when I watched the trailer, I was completely like, really? Mm. Really? Okay. Like, it was just, it was like 
they really tried with the div- diversifying the cast, mm-hmm. and you know, I think the the sisters were Hispanic and of um, biracial. Mm-hmm. I get what I'm trying to do here, but I wanted a continuation of the sisters that were like at least if they're kids growing up, I want to see what happened with them. Yeah. Not like a completely new, different, charmed set of people. Hey, I wasn't buying it. Okay, Shopper, what, what do you think about this whole thing? Do you have any anything to say, or is it oh, just like get gonna... me in trouble? With that, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's up to you if you want to answer. It's cool, but no, I, I I do think that there's this old adage that I heard once that there are only seven stories in the world, okay. and that every single story that's told is a version of one of these seven stories. Mm. So. With that in mind, I can understand why people are trying to recapture something that worked before. But I think you made a really good point in that, like, the stuff that worked before worked in that time with the people, with that generation of people watching it. Mm -hmm. So I watched Buffy when I was younger. Am I going to watch Buffy again now? Probably not. They might be making it for another generation, but that... The generation now grew up with social media in a way that we didn't as much. That's true. So is it going to keep their attention? Is there going to be social ed- media elements of Charmed, of Buffy? And, that? and at the same time, I do think that you're employing new writers. Let them write new stories. Hmm. Let the We interpreted the world in a certain way back then that we don't now. So let new writers interpret the world that we live in today with... New things. What I thought you were going to say when you mentioned Susie and Crazy Head was that the outrage stemmed from like, oh, well, we've got one. Why don't we invest in this one mm. and promote this one and like get more out of this story than having to track back and why are you buying out the little man, basically? Because mm. I think Crazy Head was on E4 and then got bought by Netflix and a distribution like that. And I don't know if it's gone again. Um, no, they decided not to. They cancelled it. They cancelled it. Okay. I think Channel Four decided not to go ahead. To sure. Recommission it. Um, which yeah. you are, yeah, you are right. You know, they should have looked at something like obviously Crazy Head and said, because I know a lot of people kind of spoke out about the fact that it was such a good show, it wasn't given the opportunity to kind of grow. Sure. Before they cancelled it, and which. I was quite surprised that Channel 4 did that because mm. I think sometimes Channel 4 does give shows chances before they kind of think, mm, I don't know, we're going to have to let this go. It's not working. Um, and I think that one with Crazy Head, there was potential mm. and it wasn't given that opportunity. Who knows? The money's not the same in the UK, you know. Yeah. In America, you can put money into something. It might not work the first season, but you're like, let's try again next season. Yeah, Most times they won't because it's business, but... Mm. I don't think you can afford to do that in the UK. And I think maybe if it didn't make the money that they wanted it to make, they were like, right, we have to move on to something else. Yeah. I've never been in a production room, so I don't know what, how they make those decisions. Yeah. That said, like, it'd be interesting if they had that and they said, let's try and find the elements that worked for something else and invest in this new thing. Like, everyone's trying to make the new Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah. Game of Thrones was a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it just took the public conversation in a different way. Yeah. So everyone's just like, how can we find something that's as successful in that? And rather than saying like, okay, why did that work? Let's have a different idea that tries to build into that. I don't know if it's the way it was distributed, if it was the way that it was presented, like multi-character. 
or the fact that it had come from books that were super popular. Yeah. Instead, everyone's trying to make something fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. The next Game of Thrones might ha- might be a sci-fi. Mm, that's true. Um, the next Game of Thrones might be something like Love Island, you know? But instead, we're just trying to recapture stuff that... I don't know. I don't know. No, I hear that. I, yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think sometimes we're always looking because, like you said, the, the Game of Thrones, mm. because we've seen a lot of kind of TV production companies have seen how big it is. They are always trying to recreate something yeah. as big as that. But sometimes, you know, why don't you find an idea that potentially could be as big, but don't focus on trying to make the next the next Game of Thrones or something very similar, like you said. You know, the next kind of Game of Thrones could be a sci-fi. It could mm. be a Love Island. It could be a reality TV show. You know, it just depends on how the audience sways. And if there's an audience, if there's a market for it, mm. people will watch it, you know. Or if it's good. Yeah. If it's written well, if it's performed well, if it's directed well, people will watch it. Mm-hmm. 100%. There is an element of like, you can tell people what they like to watch, which is a scary sort of like, higher powers am i in control of my own thoughts yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> but but it's true <laughs> it's true with enough marketing or social media absolutely all there the influencers is. out there yeah can definitely get you mm-hmm. watching something on another note mm-hmm. something that that is excellently written mm-hmm. but at the same time comes with like really sad news um so i think in the last episode we talked about how excited well especially i was that insecure is coming back oh swear um in august i think august the 20th the 20th of august in the u.s but you know we'll find a way to watch it here um (laughs) but it's also they've also announced that jay ellis who plays lawrence isn't actually going to be featured in season three wow i was like huh i was like so lawrence is not so yeah i was in my feelings about this i Mm. really was because i was just like why but isa ray as being isa has a valid explanation which makes sense and you kind of think oh girl i hear you it makes sense you know i see where you're coming from so she said we wanted to stay true to life as possible they had a great conversation at the end of season two and it was it was just about like, hey, she's moving on to Daniel. Something we've sometimes we have those conversations and you never see exes again. It's okay. You just have to explore life without Lawrence, which makes sense. You know, yeah. once you've broken up with somebody, they're not gonna be in your life. Mm-hmm. You try and kind of move on with your life, they try and move on with their life. And the last conversation they had was kind of a closing chapter of, okay, let's move on with our separate ways. We know that me us can't work. I love you dearly. Wish you all the best. Bye. So the next stage is for her to explore her flat life, enjoy herself. Hotation, is that? What you yeah, call it? get her hotation, hotation. on. Wow. Um, I wow. must say, I was living for the trailer. Literally, there is some. I think there's some memes there that will be quite <laughs> enjoyable for the summer. Right. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> so yeah, it's great to see. Uh, it's great. It's sad to see that we won't see Lawrence, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's understandable, and I'm very excited to see what Insecure season three will have. I still don't know how I feel about Daniel, though. I'm right. not sure. I think he just grins too much. He he has a smirking face. A smirking face. Yeah, he smirks at everything. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's it's very <laughs> sneaky. I don't know. It's, Maybe he's doing his job right then. Eh? If you kind of don't trust him. <laughs> well, Maybe that's true. what it is. 
That's what it is. But yeah. Um, so that was, that's insecure news. I feel like I'm going to have insecure news every, every, every episode. Well, every episode. Mm. But like, so this week on Insecure News. <laughs> um, but yeah, apart from that, what else has been happening? Just, I guess, to wrap things up, because I think this is like the last bit of like, um, what's the downbeat, right? No, you I've got, got, got two got... more. Okay, go ahead. You do your thing. Oh, should I do my thing? Yeah, you just in. Um, <laughs> oh, what was I going to... No, I'm not going to do that one, actually. I'm going to do this one. Right. So... Daniel Kalua, have I said his name right? Kalu, Kalu, Kalu. <laughs> Deep sigh. I think Shobo's got this one, haven't you? You got, you got this, you got this, man. You got this. Man like DK, Daniel Kalua. Ah, see, I love how he said it. Man like DK, you know, that's what I'm just going to call it. That's what I'm going to call him now. Like he's my friend, isn't it? Like he's your friend. Man Daniel like DK. Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. He's like my favourite guy. I don't know why I don't know how to say his name. No, no, um, moment. Yes. Um, Daniel is to star in Lena Waif's scripted and Melina Ma, Ma- Oh God. There we go again. Here the thing is, again. I practiced this before I left. <laughs> it just practiced. leaves my brain. Um, do you want to say it? This is where you Matsuka's helmet. Thank you. Helmed is a different helmet. word. Helmet. Helm- Helmed. Word. Yeah, it's a different word. Are we reading the same place? Anyway, moving on. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> um Basically, to um, is to star in a black love story um, on a couple who kills a officer in self defense. Um, so, Make Ready has won this intense bidding war to finance Queen and Slim, as per several trade publications. So, the film is scripted by Lena Waif, and Melina will be directing, and Daniel is the male um, the male lead. It's based on the original idea and treatment from James Frey. And it's, I don't want to give too much away about the story, but it's set to explore the social and political climate of America through a black love story likened to Bonnie and Clyde through a black love story. I just said that. Um, The plot is centered around a black man and woman whose first date goes left when they're pulled over by an officer at a traffic stop. Wait. Um, I saw a trailer the other day. It's not it because they haven't started. They haven't started shooting. But then, doesn't that seem similar? Like what the, trailer is this? The hate you give. Oh no, it's very different. What's the hate so, you give? That, oh no, that's that's different. I know it's different to some extent. That, that, that's However, completely different. I know, I know, but like because just the, like when it comes it, to he got killed by the cop. Oh, but this is the is other way around because that film hasn't come out yet. No, but it's in a, it's a book. It's based on a book. Yeah, I know, but some people don't read books. Oh, damn. Did I spoil it? That's, is that really a spoiler? No, it's so is it, um, no. Is it a spoiler? I'm really, I'm really adamant. It's not a Psych spoiler. Psych out. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, is it really? No, because that happens in the beginning. Yeah. 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 We're good. We're good. We're good. I think, I think we're good. I hope we're good. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't know what The Hate You Give was about, literally. Just no, watch the trailer. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. I haven't, I haven't seen the trailer. Who's uh, in it? Amanda Stenberg. Yeah. There we go. Huh. Yes. Um, no, it is not the same. Okay. It's very, very different. Okay, I'm right. talking like I'm sitting there and I'm part of the production team. I don't know what's happening, but right. from from the blurb of what I know, it's not that. Okay, cool. Um, so Daniel will be playing, obviously, the role of Slim and they haven't got the role of Queen yet, but they're looking for a fresh face. I think I've got quite a fresh face. Do you but are, I you, are you ready for that? Um, I could dust off my acting boots, <laughs> you know. 
giving the opportunity maybe throw myself into drama school for a few years oh, i don't have a few years i'm kidding um but yeah no yeah so they're looking for a fresh face to play queen and they production will start in january and they're looking to release it november 2019 so i'm always here for something like that it'd be quite interesting i would like to see if they actually premiere it worldwide because you mm. know sometimes there's certain things that we might not get just in the yet, uk until... and it's just only in america so i would definitely like to see it kind of really pushed mm. to be in the cinemas worldwide i guess it's a film yes oh yes yeah, for some film. reason i thought it was a series yeah so it's a film so we'll see about that one we will we will but daniel does no wrong in my eyes hmm. good never does Still can't, I still can't Well I'm not going to tell that story But anyway Okay Anyway any other news Any other news So we've got some news Which seems like Long awaited to some extent So um, uh-huh. everyone's listened to kind of, Not long awaited But somewhat long awaited So I don't know if everyone's listened to Frank Ocean's Blonde album Oh Yeah You know it was a classic Oh, Some people called it a classic Some questionable people, Even well, though I love Frank Ocean don't Some people loved it more than You know His previous work And you know you not so much no. But yeah You are not the majority here I guess You're just I guess it's A small percentage Of The amount of people That listen to his album Or his music Let's just oh, say that okay. But yeah It seems like For the past Two Three years It's been out It's only just gone platinum That's crazy So it's actually just sold that. One million um, Copies And it's been a long time coming for such an album like that. My question is, that person that bought the, obviously was the millionth person to bought the album. Mm -hmm. Do they get like an email saying congratulations? (laughs) Because that sounds more interesting to me. Love to Frank Ocean. Love him dearly. (laughs) I was expecting him to be at one million from a long time ago. When you kind of said this, I was like, huh? I yeah. wonder actually though if recording artists suffer because of the culture of streaming at the moment. Everyone's yeah, got that, Spotify, Apple Music, like no one's really buying albums in the same way they was mm-hmm. before those uh, platforms existed. So maybe going platinum is like the new double platinum because because I am buying nobody's album. Mm. I got Spotify. Just, yeah, I got Spotify. Just and man's not it. buying title either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for that to come out on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just seems like well with with music nowadays in regards to streaming it does play a part into sales figures and all that stuff um but it just seems like it's it's surprising going back to the streaming stuff it's actually quite interesting because i don't know i must have been listening to something but apparently now youtube like obviously they've got their streaming well oh youtube counts also is involved in also like streaming counts as well so they're now putting it together so you know, again, it is all changing. I mm. still kind of buy albums. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I buy yeah. it on Apple Music. Okay. What does that mean? So I before I was an Apple okay, so before I was an Apple Music person mm-hmm. where I pay the subscription to yeah, stream, yeah. I would actually buy the album. Yeah, on iMusic. Yeah. On I, on iStore. Yeah. yeah, I I used to do that. Yeah. And then you got Apple Music. And I, Apple. Yeah, I've got Apple Music now, but I still have a music catalog. catalog. Of the stuff you bought before. Yeah. But you haven't bought another album since you got Apple Music. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm paying I mean, £10 all, every month, you know? Yeah, it's all streaming <laughs> it numbers now, yeah. isn't it? It's all streaming yeah. now. And, uh, well, I've been told, I don't know if this is fact, but the artists are now having to make their money from concerts and live oh, yeah. performances. And that's why ticket prices are so high. Yeah. But um, they get 
the the statistic that you need in order to get your funding or to know if you're a guy mm. is the streams. Mm. So I wonder if there needs to be a new thing where, okay, maybe if you get streamed one billion times, that's when you go platinum. Boy. Because people aren't buying yeah. albums in the same way they was before. It's just DJs. Uh, and even then, I, don't, I know some DJs are playing off YouTube. Yeah. They're not good DJs. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good DJs. Yeah. They keep the party going. There it is. There it is. So yeah, that's, that's I guess, congrats to Frank. Mm. And Congratulations. Hopefully he brings out some more new music soon. We'll see what happens. I don't know we'll how soon that will be. Yeah. To be well, honest with you, do you remember how long we was waiting for that album? That's true. It's like, oh, it's coming now, and then it's it, not coming. Yeah, it's not coming. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember just literally shouting in his room, like, "Why is there no album? God damn it!" Mm. You know, we just get really excited by the news, and he's always on Reddit, so he's always kind of like, "Somebody's saying it might be an album coming soon." I'm just like, "How sure is this information?" <laughs> yeah. How reliable. How reliable. Yeah. And then there was a thing where there was a listening party and there was pictures of him coming out of somewhere in New York and it was just like, oh my God. Hmm. We got an album in the end, but you know. But it was I, not to your satisfaction. Um, I liked it. I'm still stuck on Nostalgia Ultra. Yet His mixtape, his first mixtape. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Channel Orange. In that order though. More nostalgia, more than anything. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. First album always bangs. It does. You know, there's that whole what soft what sophomore album curse people say. However, I think Kanye beat it. I'm just gonna say that. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I feel like he, you, late, you, he got better. Late time. registration mm-hmm. oh, okay. is one of the best hip hop albums of my lifetime. Boy. Are you a Kanye fan? I'm a massive Kanye fan. He's I don't a- support his politics. <laughs> I don't support his antics or his actions. No, but the okay. music is heavenly. It's fine. You meet your also a Kanye fan, so yeah. both Kanye fans in the room. I'm not a fan, so <laughs> yeah. I, I I dare you to be in the club listening to Kanye and just stand still, fold your arms like. I don't oh, trust you. me, I would. I actually would. Okay, I take <laughs> it there back. <laughs> I'm strong in my will. I'm like no. But it's also, I, you know what? This is not the time and place to discuss Kanye. We'll find it another time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very true. I think we, I think too we've discussed him far too many times anyway. And every time we do, it's just there's rage from me. So you know. Well, that means he's an artist, isn't it? Because he's inspiring some emotion in you. There it is. He's be just being done. Be it He's making you feel something. I'm still not buying it. Kanye Omari West is doing it. I'm still not buying it. Still not buying it. You don't have to buy it. We just said. You just got to stream it. There is. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, his old stuff, wicked. Definitely that's his productions as well. Questionable, but you know. Let's I'm be sorry. honest. Oh, we won't go there. Because <laughs> right, I was about to say something, but I felt like I have two Kanye fans that will just slaughter me right now. So yes. I'm just not well, ready for if, that. If the, if the fear of being slaughtered implies that you know that you're wrong and then they'll have Okay, now, and now, now you're dishing for it. So I'm going to say it. I just think, I think a lot of his work now is just based on the, fa- on the fact that he's been able to take a sound from the past and kind of master it and produce it quite well. Do you want to take this or shall I? Go ahead, man. Do you okay, think? Wonderful. You're the guest. Go I ahead. believe that Kanye West is a chronicler of American music. Mm-hmm. He is like, an, he's almost like a librarian. He's like, you want a sound? I can tell you exactly where that sound is right. in the history of American music. And then I'm going to make that sound relevant to today. If you go on YouTube and listen to, watch them videos of his samples, like they play you some 
any dead track from 1972. And then you listen to how he remastered that sound into making it, making you bop your head hard. It's like, oh, I didn't know that, that, I didn't know who that person was. The way they said, oh, God bless Kanye for helping us discover Paul McCartney. Can you remember that? Within wow. four or five seconds? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Everyone's just like, oh, who's Paul who's McCartney? Paul, Can you who imagine? Is Paul, who is a Beatle? That's who not is Kanye. a Beatle? Who, that's not Kanye's fault that they don't know. I can't but he brought the Beatles to a certain, not to everybody. Let me get, don't get it twisted. Mm. Not to everybody. He brought the Beatles back into the public consciousness for people who did not know who they were. And he there does is. that for so much of American history, the American history of music. And to, I mean, let's not pretend that things aren't being repackaged and rebranded and sold to us. There is nothing new under the sun. There isn't. And then, and back in the day, it was, I don't know if you're gonna have to cut this part out. Back in the day, <laughs> it was Elvis taking rock music that black people oh, made yeah. and rebranding it and reselling it and became popular. Facts. So why is it now that when Kanye is doing it, everyone's just like, oh, well, no, he doesn't make his own music. And even then, like, there's a, there's a bar that he says he's doing five beats a day for three summers. Mm. He deserves to do these numbers. The mm. man, he's put the work in. The man was in a basement in Chicago, just in a basement, like not talking to anybody. He was making his music. There is. So yeah, they may not all be his own sounds, but the way he turned Michael Jackson into good life, who's Michael Jackson? <laughs> I take that wow. back. He's still the king. <laughs> but like... But you can't imagine that Michael can sound like that. Mm -hmm. He took Quincy Jones production and he made it something that we just put T-Pain on it. Yep. Oh my God. If you look at um, Life of Pablo, Life of Pablo is a prime example of this not being his sound, mm -hmm. right? But I, I think he's a curator. He literally lifted um, Panda. Yep. There was no difference in the song. No, really, no. No yeah. difference whatsoever. He put mm -hmm. it in his album being like, look, I want you to come on my team now because that's a great sound that represents us today. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to use it and mix it with this and we're going to present it. He didn't try and tell anybody that he made that song. That song that was produced by an uh, Asian boy in Manchester mm. who got like 500 quid for the thing. Can you imagine Man. making a song, sending it to some unknown artist Man. and then the song bangs, you don't get it. You know, Hopefully he got like a little... Yeah, probably a little sign uh, on the side. Yeah, a little sign on the side. But yeah. like the way he collaborates and the features he's got on it, I, I just think Kanye, aside from his politics, if you can separate the man from his antics, I think he's a genius. And Boom. I think he proves it all the time. Boom. Listen to Santeria. On the Pusha T album. Okay, so I like that track. Oh, she likes Kanye. She likes Kanye. She likes the production. <laughs> yeah. I've just had a rant there. It was a full-on ramble. Thanks for that. Me. That was an amazing monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye himself. Amazing. Still not Case. sold though. Case. However, <laughs> I'm not going to, because Stephen was nodding his head like he was hearing a sermon. He was like, mm, yes, yes. Oh man, all um, facts, all facts right there. I'm not, Okay. Fair play, because I did like Tiana Taylor's Keep Keep the Same Energy album mm -hmm. that mm. came out. I were some of the mastering was questionable, but I I have to give it to him. Yeah, he yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. I think he worked with Tribe Called Quest. Mm. That's the, the, wow. This he's 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 a very talented musician. He's a very talented producer. He may not have the best bars, mm. but who are we listening today? Who are we listening to today that is just delivering bars apart from Kendrick? True. J. Cole, maybe. Yeah. Um, but even then, not on the same level. Yeah. Like those guys are transcending their art. Whereas we're listening to 
I don't want to send for anybody on on the podcast, but we listen to a lot of artists now who rely on the production. Oh yeah, kind of relying on the production to take us through their song, let alone their whole album. Mm-hmm. They're not saying anything of no anything, mm. no substance. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And mo- most times you couldn't sing those lyrics back to me because you never took them in in the first place. So now we're in an era where we're over relying on producers to make the songs. Let's give the man his due, you know. And I'm not saying that every single Kanye track bangs. I'm not saying that every single song that he has sampled and remastered to make it, it, it works. Mm. But I think he created a niche in music for himself of just sampling. I didn't realize that basically all of his songs are samples. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, but I don't hate him for it. Mm. I think it takes a genius to see something and be like, I need to, This would that song would have been so much better if it was like, 10 BPM faster and two octaves lower. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you, it's, I, I suppose as an actor, the equivalent would be, I see someone walking down the street and I'm like, ah, I like the way he carries his feet, but the rest of him, I'm going to throw that away. I'm going to take this person's facial expressions and then creating, it's like a Frankenstein, you know? Mm-hmm. Creating this thing that works. This This character that is flawed and beautiful and and human rather than just a, a sum of all of its parts i just think it is he's got a very special talent that we are choosing not to appreciate because he does some stupid things in in the real world i hear that and you make kanye sound such like such a nice person <laughs> the way you said that uh, i don't know, know about that <laughs> i don't think he's gonna <laughs> anyway but yeah, anyway, have we got any other news-wise? No, that's, that's about it. We Is that it? We move on to our next kind of... Kind of stuff. So again, thanks to Shopper for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank um, you for having me. It's, it, I think more or less, because we, we haven't had, actually had someone on our podcast for a while, and especially somebody being an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it will be an opportunity to kind of just talk about your work, what you've done, you know, kind of just your experience as an actor, not giving away too much, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. We're not trying to get, we would like to get the tea on stuff, but you know, <laughs> you can always, you can decide what you want to kind of like talk about and stuff like sure. that. Okay. But um, obviously recently you've been a busy guy because we tried to get you on last time. Again, our fault in the sense that we had to reschedule. Um, but you're a busy guy. Um, so talk about kind of like the latest things that you've kind of got up to this year. Sure. And stuff. Um, I suppose the reason we had to reschedule the last one Mm -hmm. was because I just finished shooting a film. It's a film called His House. Okay. And it's a horror film. Oh, we like a bit of horror. Nice. Hey, just trying to scare some people in the streets. (laughs) But, um... It is written and directed by a wonderful man called Remy Weeks. It's his first feature film. And it is being produced by Starchild in the UK and New Regency, which is a big old production company in LA. Um, The film is about this couple from South Sudan who flee civil war in their country. Do the migrant trail, which we've heard so much about recently. They cross the Med, they come through Italy, and they make it to the UK. Mm. And when they finally make it to the UK, they're stuck in a detention center. There are lots of dark, horrible things about the migrant trail that we don't know about. Mm. And they don't even begin with crossing the sea. 
Uh, this is actually the second project that I've done on that topic. But that's because it's something that's happening as we speak, you know. It's been happening for years and it will be happening tomorrow and not enough is being done. And it's very easy with the with the overwhelming amount of content that's going on in the world, not even just content like Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff, but even in the news, the stuff that they want us to hear, the stuff that we don't hear on the news that we have to find out by ourselves. There's just so much stuff to think about that it's very easy to move on from the struggles that are going on in the world. Mm. So hopefully the films, not only this film, but a film that my friend Ivano Jeremiah, who was in Humans with me, right. playing Max, right. he's still in Humans now. Yeah. He did a film called The Flood. Mm. Hopefully that will be released soon and that will bring the migrant crisis back into the popular conversation and this film will do as well. But we're not focusing on that too much in this film. It's just the circumstances with which we meet our characters. Um, but they finally make it to the UK and then they're granted a temporary stay, which is not the same as asylum. Mm. Um, and they're, they're given a house. However, the house is haunted. Interesting. Now, what, oh. the, what the house is haunted by is what I would want people to watch the film for. Because it's not just a spooky ghost. There's something else to it. Something, uh, it's, when I read this script, I was like, it's incredible. Mm. It's incredible. And there are many ways, I think it's one of those films you might want to watch two or three times as well. I'm not saying that just because I want you to boost up the box <laughs> office, you know. <laughs> but I just think there are layers to this film that you might not be able to perceive the first time you see mm. it. I'm very proud of it. And uh, very happy to have been working on it. Nice, nice. So I do have like a question just about it, not too much, Absolutely. not to give out anything away. But when it comes to like being part of a film, mm. and what's like the best part for you? Is it kind of reading the script for the first time? Is it wrapping it up? Kind of, kind of say like, yeah, finally it's done. It's been such a long shoot. Or anything like, what's like the favorite, most favorite part for you, just as an actor? I don't think there is one for every job. Mm. I think there's a different moment perhaps for me on this one mm -hmm. it was the relationships that i had with people i work with a wonderful actress who you may know called wumi mosaku okay. um she's done lots of bits she was in black mirror as well yeah. she is in the upcoming series of luther mm. she was in i am slave which was out a few years well a few many years ago not many like a few years ago um, she's also going on to do fantastic work. Like she is a phenomenal actress from the UK of Nigerian descent as well. Yeah. Um, and we had a wonderful working relationship. We really looked after each other during the shoot. And also like the relationships you build with the people on set, you know, the camera operators, the director of photography, the director himself, the makeup designers, the costume designers. Like because it was effectively an independent film that had studio backing it was a much smaller set and it was mainly the, the majority of the film is just myself and Wumi mm. so it was very intimate and we all got to know each other very well and then we went off to Morocco as a shoot so it was almost like mm. a big old family holiday you know? yeah um but yeah waking up early doors in the morning to go and shoot and then getting back late can mm. be very difficult but when you're sharing that time with good people who are doing good work it makes it a lot easier. So I was very blessed to have the people that I was working with on this job, mm. on this job. Great. Great stuff. Great stuff. Julian. So apart from obviously the new film coming out, you've done quite a fair bit of film um, films as well. 
um, the oh my god, I didn't know you were in this actually. No, I think I've watched the first one and didn't watch the others. It was the Huntsman. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. Not that I didn't want, I didn't want to watch it, but I don't know what was the first one about. First like one, that. Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah. Yes. About With Snow White. Kirsten. Kristen. Kristen Stewart. Stewart. I know the reason why I watched it because my sister was obsessed with her. From Twilight. Yes. Mm. Sure. <laughs> It's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I think I got dragged along to watch that. That's why. Okay. Um, but obviously you were in the second, the second one, one. In the second one. Which focused on Chris Hemsworth's character, The Huntsman. Yeah. It was called The Huntsman's Winter War. And the character that I played in it was basically, I suppose if I wanted to big myself up, I'd say his best friend from young. Mm. But they grew up and went their separate ways and found themselves on different sides of the divide. Interesting. Towards the end of the film. Mm. Mm. So how was it kind of, you know, working on, I guess, on a Hollywood blockbuster kind of film? Because obviously compared to the film that you're, obviously you've just finished to kind of be more of an intimate kind of feel where, you know, Mm -hmm. there, I'm sure there is probably a lot of people that are, that make the film, but obviously with a much bigger Hollywood kind of film, there's a lot going on. Mm. So how would you describe that experience, if that makes sense? Well, I mean, it was one of the first films that I did where I had like a role that appeared in more than one scene. Mm. Um, so I think there are a lot of firsts and a lot of new things for me to take in. So I don't know. I was like a kid in a candy store. Just like, wow, wow, wow. I remember yeah. walking onto one of the stages. Now, what a stage is, is in those big studios like Pinewood, Shepparton, Leavesden. It's a big old warehouse mm-hmm. uh, that they'll build their set on. They're mm-hmm. called sound stages. Don't know why. Um, but I walked into one of the sound stages at Shepparton when we were shooting. And it really, I, I don't know if people say this and it's like a thing, oh, everybody says this. But I really genuinely felt like I'd been transported into a different world. Wow. Like I'd walked from some dressing room around the corner, down a corridor, and then I was in a castle. The level of work that goes into those big films, you see like, oh, that film cost $200 million. Oh my God. And you can see why. Mm. I, I think I, I think it genuinely took my breath away and just went, wow. I can, on every single stone, they weren't made out of stone because that'd be mm-hmm. just far too heavy and far too, but you could put your hand in it and think, I can tell myself that that's concrete, that's yeah. cement. Yeah, definitely for sure. And the engravings on all the words, the flags that were hold, hanging from the the walls, the throne, the throne room, like the floor, everything is just like, I don't have to imagine anything anymore because it's given to me for free. Well, not for free, for $200 million. Mm. But, it was just incredible. It was incredible. Now, yeah, on those jobs, you know, hundreds of people working on it at any given point in time. So you do feel not so much like a cog in a machine, but you know that you were like a piece of the puzzle mm. as opposed to any sort of main part of it. Mm. And I made some very, very good friends with people who weren't like featured actors or main actors on the job because we spent a lot of time waiting wait for the sun to go behind a cloud or wait for anything anything mm. when you're spending that much money making that bigger film it takes time 
and they can afford for it to take time because they can just keep paying you. Yeah. Um, but that was actually a blessing because I made some really great friends on that job because we spent so much time in each other's trailers waiting for anything to happen or yeah. at craft services, just getting some munch or walking around the set. Like I had a really great time on that film. And also shout out to Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain as well, because they were really beautiful to me. Mm. This just any guy who happened to get a role mm. because we were shooting in the country that he lives in. <laughs> Um, no, well, sure it's more to do with your talent. Well, no, they didn't know I was talented <laughs> when they met me the first time. They're just any guy. But firstly, I think it's very easy when you're that big a star to become a bit self-important yeah, or self know that the world revolves around you because in some ways it does and people make sure it does so that you can work. But the time that Chris took to... There were lots of children extras on set mm. and obviously... It's Thor. Mm. Thor. I'm working with Thor. It's just incredible. And the time he took to like give each of the, everyone like a high five, shake their hands, take pictures with them afterwards, or make a joke about Mjolnir, his hammer, all mm. of that stuff. I respected him so much because it would have been very easy for him to be like, oh, we're not shooting. I'm going to my trailer. Yeah. Or I'm just going to hang out with the director. And, but he almost actively made those kids days. Mm. And that was wicked of him. And then also the, the time that both of them gave me just to ask some questions or not make me feel like I was just this little actor in the corner who was bothering them. Mm. They'd call me over, they'd have a chat, they'd like ask my opinion on stuff. And like, I just, I will never forget how kind they were to me on that job. So yeah, Huntsman. The reason you didn't see it, well, no, because you might not have wanted to see it. But I think the reason it maybe didn't do as well as it should have done was because it was released in exactly the same week as The Jungle Book. You know, John Favreau's live action Jungle Oh, Book. I actually saw that. Exactly. <laughs> so everybody who's going to the film that month was just like, The Jungle Book, of course. Yeah. And unfortunately, ours was that little film that cost quite a lot of money <laughs> in the background. Mm. Yeah. So like flipping the, <clears throat> the script in regards to in regards to the art scene. So we're talking, we're going from film just to theatre for a moment. Mm. When it comes to theatre, do you feel like, obviously, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's very, very different, but do you have any kind of, do you feel, do you have any kind of, um, how do I describe this in a way? I've written this down, I'm thinking. <laughs> Man's thinking but, um, when he's head. <laughs> what's like your um, favourite, like, theatrical traditions, like, when it comes traditions. to, like... Traditions. Do you have any, like, particular things you do before you go on stage, or, like... I'll tell you what, tradition is the right word for this one, but it's not one I've been involved in yet and mm -hmm. one I'm looking forward to being involved in. At the National Theatre, um, Waterloo, South Bank, before you go on stage for your press night, mm -hmm. when you're in your dressing room, you'll get your call saying, okay, ladies and gentlemen of the whatever play company, this is your beginner's call. And all of the other actors in the building, in their dressing room, will bang on the windows to give you almost like a a guard of honor as yes, you're going on this. for your first for your for your press night. Mm. And when I saw that happen to one of my friends, like he just sent it on the WhatsApp group chat, it filled my heart with joy. Just like this whole building is supporting you mm. going on to do your thing. Regardless what happens tonight, regardless what they say tomorrow, as a building, we are mm. here. As a company, mm. we're here supporting you. So go do your best work. And I just love, love the sound of that. 
love, I can't wait to do that for somebody and I can't wait for that to happen to me. Hopefully mm. it does one day by God's grace. Yeah. But um, that would be my favorite British theatrical tradition. I don't know if I have, I'm not really superstitious in that way. And I'm, I don't know if I have a certain routine that I go through when I'm working on stage. But I think it depends from character to character. Like when I was doing One Night in Miami, there would be a four minute YouTube video of Muhammad Ali that I would lip sync effectively to mm. put myself in his voice. And like the warm ups that we did, I used to box. I boxed every day during that job. And sometimes I try and fight David Ajala as well <laughs> when he'd let me. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any like thing that I always do when I'm working in theater. Fair enough, fair enough. It's quite interesting. Um, I thank Stephen for flipping the script on that one because obviously I've seen you in quite a bit of theatre. I haven't seen you in any of the Shakespeare stuff. Okay. Um, but obviously, like I mentioned, a brother's size. Is it a brother's size or brother's size? The. See? The, the brother's size. As in the brothers that are called size. Is this her name? Yes. So it's the brother's size. Yes. And um, One Night in Miami. Mm. And obviously... Um, Going back, I'm going to focus on both of them because obviously kind of seeing a ensemble of black men on stage, how was that for you kind of, you know, working with black British male actors? Mm. You know, a lot of the time we hear different stuff um, to just kind of have so much blackness in one room. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I it fills my heart with joy. I think when I watched, when I was watching One Night in Miami, I was like... This is amazing. Oh my God. Just mm. like, just seeing all these guys on stage and just being kind of like, my heart was filled like, you know, with joy. We're seeing that. And then with the brother size, again, same thing, you know, talking about, you know, stories that I think are important to be told. Mm. And, you know, what was that feeling for you? Kind of just, you know, first day of rehearsal or finding out who the cast is also going to be. And kind of coming into the first day of rehearsal when what was your feeling, your your energy, your emotions? What was that like? And then obviously working with them throughout the kind of the whole run. That was a lot of questions in one. No, it's just a really good, <laughs> strong question. It's a lot there. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll speak and let me know if I haven't answered the question. Um... One Night in Miami was one of the best experiences of my life, period. Outside of work, outside of career, anything. And it was to do with having a room full of black men. And we just look after each other. Mm. We really looked out for each other. Kwame Koyama, who was the director, who's now the artistic director of The Young Vic. Yep. Shout out Kwame. Um, is an incredible man. Incredible. And I love him deeply, like as an uncle. Sometimes I bump into the street or just talk about anything. Like, it's just good to see him. He always fills my heart with joy because the experience that he curated and created for us in that room was beyond. Every morning, we'd dance. Every morning, we'd have a moment of just like silence together. Every morning, we'd check in and see how we were feeling today, feeling as an individual, feeling as men, feeling together politically. 
he nurtured us and then we nurtured each other. We carried that that um, protective, protection and protectiveness that we had over each other throughout the whole process. And I'm not saying that that happened because we were all black, but there was a shorthand that we had, an understanding of our perspective of the world that we had, that we were able to share with each other, mm. that perhaps I hadn't had growing up or really up until that moment. And I wanted to say that there was a responsibility that we have as black men to represent ourselves well, right? But actually I never felt that. I never felt that this was a black play. In fact, Kwame actively discouraged that it, was a, it wasn't a black play. It was a play about very important men <clears throat> that happened to be black. And we looked at their modern day counterparts for the way they thought and the things that they did. And it had nothing to do with being black. It had things to do with politics and athletics and thinking and philosophy, technology. It was a play that was set in the past that was very important for our future. Mm. And we happened to be black. Now, these men that we were portraying were black icons. Let's not forget that. But I never felt like, oh, it's a black play at the Donmar. So mm. let's make sure that we do well so that more of us can come in later. He made sure we never felt like that. And I think the same happened with the brother size. That that was a play about love, about familial love, romantic love. It was a play about sexuality. It was a play about poverty. It was a play about incarceration. And the eye that we were seeing that through was Black Louisiana. think so okay i think no i think you're right um but yeah so whilst the two last oh not including the Coriolanus was in between those but whilst those two plays that i've done were black casts i never really thought oh a black play Mm -hmm. but what was wonderful was the response that we had from both of them from the black community just how important it was for us to see ourselves represented on stage. Mm-hmm. So that responsibility was different to the, oh, it's a black play. Let's make sure that it's widely accessible because these stories are universal. Mm. Just because they're told with black voices doesn't make them specific. Uh, but the community seeing ourselves on stage and hearing our own stories told by us brought a different kind of person to the theater especially at the Donmar, and they will say that themselves. The demographic of the theatre has changed mm-hmm. because we were given the opportunity, rightly so, to tell the stories that our demographic wanted to hear, or at least to see themselves on stage. And some of the feedback that we got for Brother Size especially was just overwhelming. Like the way people responded to those plays was incredible. I only say that because One Night in Miami was almost two years ago, so maybe I don't remember it as keenly as I do the response for Brother Size. But um, but yeah, 
No, I definitely with the the brother size, I kind of was. I definitely got the. <clears throat> I think I spoke. I, I can remember doing a review and kind of speaking about the the brothers and their relationship, and even me, kind of relating to it mm. and kind of seeing. Oh my god, that I can understand as the older brother. Mm. You know looking at the younger sibling and kind of seeing that sometimes they they mess up but you will still love them no matter what if that makes sense and i've had quite a few times where i'm just like oh you know i'm not gonna (laughs) there's two there's three of us so i could be talking about him i could be talking about the other one Mm. um but where i felt you know as the older sibling that i just have to grip my teeth and know that i still love you even Mm. though sometimes the things you do aren't stuff that makes me happy or it might hurt me but because the love is greater mm-hmm. um that's what matters if that makes sense mm. and i kind of saw that and i was like oh my god mm-hmm. it, it, it it touched a nerve and i was like you know sometimes it, it it's not going the love that i have for my brother and sister it's not going on deaf ears you know mm. it, it's a love that's greater and i find sibling love is a lot greater than parent love i don't know why that's just another conversation for itself. Mm-hmm. I just find that I don't know whether you have siblings yourself. Oh yeah, I've got a younger sister. Yeah, so I just find that the bond that's created within like siblings is one that I don't think could ever be broken. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, you know, we might be different characters, we might have different personalities, but that person will always we will always kind of share the same DNA, no matter yeah. what. If that makes sense. Whereas with our parents, yeah, we're one half of the parent. But mm. the siblings, we share two of our parents. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that bond is always there, if that makes sense. So I feel like Stephen is really me in to kind of stop talking. No, no, no. Because I'm going to spiel about loving the brothers. And, <laughs> you know, being a stop brother and a sister. Love me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Doing too big much ma- right now. Big man in these streets. But yeah, so moving on. Still kind of staying on theatre, actually. And this is probably one of a random question. So what has been kind of like, obviously you've done Shakespeare stuff and Mm. you've done kind of like the contemporary modern kind of plays. What have you found most, what kind of like have you found most enjoyable? Doing the Shakespeare plays or kind of, you know, the modern contemporary plays? Well, Shakespeare is considered a challenge. Yeah. And the challenge for me personally has never really been of the comprehension of the actual text. But the challenge is to make sure that other people understand it. Mm. Because I was blessed. I had a really great teacher who was passionate about Shakespeare. So she made sure, well, both of them, um, I had one female teacher, one male teacher, made sure that we got it and that we could appreciate it from a young age and that was great but the moment one of the moments that I've been most proud of my stage work was when my parents and my sister came to see Coriolanus in Stratford-upon-Avon last year and my parents aren't theatrical people they're definitely not Shakespeareans mm-hmm. I think they only read one Shakespeare in their life Merchant of Venice <clears throat> 
and they just know about Macbeth from Romeo and Juliet because mm. people know about them, but they, they weren't there for the language. Mm. But when they said that they understood everything and they had opinions, they were arguing about the play with my sister as I was walking them to the car. And I was like, this means so much to me because not only is our storytelling clear, but it is so clear that people have opinion. My, well, my parents, people who don't like, actively don't like Shakespeare, are just like, I totally understood everything that happened. So that's super rewarding for me. And when I, when we can achieve that, it makes me really happy. Um, but, and I do feel that there's just so much to like, you have to mine and extrapolate and like dig into when there's, when the language is not easily accessible. Mm. But it's also wonderful to be able to play with new stuff and say, this is a great play, but I don't think this line works. How, what if he says it like this? It's like, the reason he says it like this is because of this. It's like, okay, cool, wonderful. And be able to work with a writer and with a director to make the play the best it can be, rather than being given this play and be like, that's how it was written 500 years ago. So you best do it like that, you know? Then again, everyone's trying to change it up and and find different takes on Shakespeare. Like I was talking to a very good friend of mine recently, Elliot Barnes Worrell, and he was telling me that one of the Shakespeare plays, A Taming of the Shrew, is basically people are saying it's undoable now because of the climate that we live in now. The you you can't break a woman to be malleable to what a man wants her to be. No one will. No one's here for it. Mm but he was just like, I hate the idea that a play is undoable. And he's got a really wonderful take on that play and how you can subvert it and make it relevant to today. And I'm not going to tell you what that is because hopefully he will make this play and it will be yeah. something yeah. that we can go, or go and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, challenging the work and making it the best it can be is the most enjoyable part about plays more so than whether it's contemporary or classical. Mm. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more about, you know, kind of with just making people understand that they leave leave the room or leave the space understanding the story. Mm. And a lot of the time I've seen my I've seen a fair share of Shakespeare. Um Quite a few that I found questionable. I will not say where I saw them. Mm -hmm. But um, one in particular that I thought I left kind of being like, wow, I like Shakespeare for once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not that I didn't, uh, you know, sometimes I do feel like uh, some of the works that people kind of focus, a lot of theatres do focus on is the common kind of, like Shakespeare stories and I feel like there's so many of his works that could be really explored oh, for sure you know that I feel like you know sometimes I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing the same one over and over mm -hmm. again but I hadn't had the opportunity to see this one in particular and it was Hamlet and I saw it at the Almeida yes I was going to say Alcola but Alcola's different one Almeida mm -hmm. with um, Andrew Scott yeah absolutely phenomenal I was sold it's I was, funny because Elliot, the guy I just mentioned, was in that production. Oh, serious? Elliot, Did he play the... Horatio. Who was he? Hamlet's best friend. Yes, I remember. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Amazing. I literally kind of was... And normally when I'm not enjoying something, I don't really write much. I mm -hmm. was literally writing stuff. I was like, yes, I was reverting back. I even went back home to then look 
at Shakes the actual play again mm-hmm. and kind of look at it and think, this is the first time I've left watching a Shakespeare piece thinking, I understand it. Mm. And yo, I get Hamlet. I get why. I get you know. why he was feeling that. Yeah, way. yeah, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Well, sometimes I've come out of place. And I'm just like, oh god, no. <laughs> yeah, what was that about? Why was that there? Yeah. What was the reason for that? And again, it is a language thing, kind of just understanding the the text in itself. It's mm-hmm. difficult to kind of keep up, especially when the language isn't is basically dated you know you know very very dated so you struggle to kind of keep up with what they're trying to say or trying to think okay they've put that sentence together so how can i make it to a point where i understand what they were trying Mm -hmm. to say was he saying hi was he saying hello or you know (laughs) what was going on here and hamlet did that for me it Mm -hmm. literally was i didn't struggle with the text whatsoever i was literally by scene understanding what was going on and i haven't seen something like that and i would like to see something like that that kind mm-hmm. of matches that if that makes sense it's yeah. not going to be on the same caliber but to see like to be able to see more shakespeare kind of like done like that mm-hmm. i'm here for it because it does make sense those stories like you said can be reworked and still be as relevant yeah in in present day well you're gonna have to get on the phone to rob ike to him to do it again as a director <sighs> yeah yeah it was good. It was very, very good. I was very pleased that it got, um, it was taken to the West End. Yeah, stuff, transferred. So, yeah. That was good stuff. Mm, yeah. Good stuff, I guess. That was, that, we kind of went. I wanted to talk more about TV stuff because I've seen a lot of your TV stuff as well. We um, but we won't, yeah. we won't stay too much on it. Yeah. Because I can, I can talk for England if you <laughs> haven't noticed. Um, but I recently saw you in, and I wrote this down. Because I really next of kin. Next of kin, ITV. Um, the uh, ITV kind of like short series, which was about a boy who goes. Was it what country did he go back to? I can't remember. It was a young boy who basically the beginning scene was that his dad was killed by some terrorists. And in the UK, oh my God, am I am I even right? Yeah. Oh, I'm right. Because I'm just worried that I'm saying this all wrong and you'll be like, you're completely wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and they're on a hunt to find the boy because the boy has basically kind of like gone back. I can't remember what country, whether it is. He's gone it? back to be radicalised. Yes. Sure. Um, and yeah, so it just kind of follows. It follows the story more from the auntie's perspective mm-hmm. and her husband mm-hmm. and kind of the family. Um, and it kind of looks at it looks at how they can bring this boy back um, in a sense mm. before it's too late. And you played, I believe, DCR D, DS. Yeah, Elliot Hart. Yes. Who and I haven't told him this. I named after Elliot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just a little shout out to my boy. Like, oh, oh wow they, so you actually named him they were trying to figure out a name of the characters like, oh maybe it should be this maybe it should be this it's like how about elliot wicked like, uh-huh. yeah, it's a great name like elliot so name Super one of my characters cool. after my boy <laughs> <laughs> next one elliot is the name i'll go for <laughs> mm. then he'll probably be like okay so so you quite a few characters you've been playing are called elliot what's going on here <laughs> what are you trying to do what's man happening? what are you trying to tell me yeah <laughs> Um, but how was that for you? Because obviously you've done film, you've done theatre, TV as well. So you obviously, um, I watched the first season of Humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. still watch Humans. Yes, I do. Um, Love it. They're, Love it. They're 
I'm very religious with, with it. I kind of stay watching something. Then after a while, because it's not, I'm in the Netflix era. Yeah, so I expect to so see much some, to yeah, I just want to see it all now. Yeah, of <laughs> and, you know, I can't be waiting week and week and week. Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, me too. Sense. I just record all of the series and then just <laughs> wait till they're finished watching one at once. Binge. The only problem is when you don't watch them all at once, like Walking Dead, I think I finished series five and they're just about to release series nine. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot I need to catch up on now because yeah. I was waiting for one series to finish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, with the TV stuff, how have you kind of like... Um, found that experience you know in a sense because obviously tv sometimes it, it, it i guess the record I, I, I guess shooting is a little bit longer than i film yeah and you know yeah so how have you found it's that not experience? dissimilar really from filming mm. it just takes depending on the size of your role or depending on the size of the project as well like how many apps it is if it's a short one that's only three or a long one that's 26 it doesn't feel different when you're shooting it, I don't think. I don't think you do a different performance for television that you do for for film. It's just the way that depends on the way it's shot. Mm. And often you can get through a lot more material on a single shoot day for television than you do for film. Like you might shoot seven pages of script, whereas in film you might shoot two and a half. Um, but yeah, it's not a massively different experience, mm. except that you have to have the stamina to go for six months rather than two. Mm. Wow. Wow. So the projects you have worked on, what has been your favourite? <laughs> it's like picking your favourite kid, isn't it? Like, <laughs> True. To some extent. Sometimes mm. you have to pick your favourite kid, though. No, you don't. There's no choice. Secretly in your mind. I'm going to hold that against you when you have your children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> Because you said, um, well, I said before that one night in Miami, one night in Miami was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Period. So mm. that's definitely up there. But I think there are a lot of firsts that are up there as well. I remember when my first TV series was The Mill, which I did back in two thousand fourteen, and that was first ever time on television you know so that mm. was really important to me and i remember the like family that i had with humans they're really important to me uh brother size was an incredible job and jonathan and anthony and bijan and aline they're really important to me as well mm. you know it's very i think it is a bit too hard they're parts of jobs that are in my favorites yeah but to say that one job we won't put you under too much pressure <laughs> i get it i think sometimes you can kind different of jobs are, di are great for different, different reasons yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. one night was definitely right at the top of that list for sure cool um so before we wrap it up mm. What's next, apart from the film that you have coming out? What's the next thing, if you can share with us? I can't, Is it theater? actually. Is it theatre? Is it film? Is it TV? I literally cannot share <gasps> information with you. Wow. Damn. We thought we were going to get the exciting. first scoop and stuff. <laughs> out here yeah, trying no. to be entertainment tonight. Sign contracts and then people oh, yeah, get no. very upset and take yeah. a lot of your money away from you. Wow. <laughs> I know I hear that. I completely I'm understand. Joking, I'm joking. I, no, I should, I should know. 
say. No, no I get but it. Um, no, I'm unable to say what's happening next, unfortunately. We we know it's definitely big then. So well. <laughs> Say Isn't that nothing. so fun to say as an actor? Like, so what are you doing next? I'm unable to say sorry. Sorry. And you're not being rude neither. Even if you want to be rude, I'm unable to say. Kind of like, <laughs> I don't have to tell you because I signed a contract. <laughs> no, no, but it makes sense. No, I get it. Um, but yeah, moving on. Yes, moving on. Thanks for answering all our questions. No, yes. my pleasure. Like Thank that. you so much for having me on the show. Um, that was really, really fun to kind of like talk acting stuff and whatever. and some music stuff as well. That was and great. some music stuff. <laughs> the, the, you might have to edit down that Kanye. The, the, the monologue of keep, Kanye. You never know, it. he might listen to it and be like, Do you know what? I need that guy. Well, hey. Would you be like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd be like, Let's have a conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so moving on, what's the next oh, opportunities corner? Yes, it is. Yes, are, it we, is. are we queuing the music? Cue music. No, no, no. Just your no, was, or you're just gonna was, play it on the yeah. live show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll, it'll be edited. Cue music. Let's, let's, let's go. Um, so, like we mentioned, opportunities corner slash circle is um, where I kind of find different opportunities for you guys to get involved in, whether it be writing, acting opportunities. Or music opportunities. Stephen really should be finding music opportunities where he does not. Yes. But I have another one for you. Sorry. And more in more up north, actually. So it's a playwrights program and it's with the Liverpool Everyman and Playhouse. And they have opened a program which is a free course for writers and theatre makers in the Liverpool City region. Each year, they um, up to 10 writers are invited to join the program and work closely with their new works team to hone their playwriting skills and knowledge with a view to write a full-length stage play. Um, so each writer will then go on to submit their first full, first draft for their full-length play in February. And kind of like, I think it's um, over, not nine months, I think it's over a few months. And they get to meet the group, also meets every fortnight Thursday evening um, to discuss obviously their works and their projects. Um, the program is completely free and applicants must be 18 plus and over. You might need to have some experience of writing for the stage. Um, not necessarily a full production, but they would like to see talent, full commitment and passion and more importantly, uh, are more important than experience. Um, to apply, there's an online application on their website, which we will share on our socials for you to apply. Um, and they will need you to also send a sample of your stage writing of no more than 10 pages. So again, we will share all the information. I believe the deadline is the 3rd of August. So if you are up and you live in the Liverpool City region and you are a writer definitely get involved i think any opportunities that theaters have for new writers to get involved and just to have their their work kind of looked at um by the new right the development or the new works team is an opportunity in itself and it's not one to be missed so yeah so that is my opportunities corner slash circle for today great stuff Great Thanks. stuff. Was that quick enough for you? Because you looked at me like... No, nah, that, that was cool. That was cool. Cool. 
So I guess we're moving on to sound waves now. Sound waves. Yeah. So this is kind of the bit where we kind of talk about TV, new TV shows or TV shows we want to recommend, films we want to recommend, songs we want to recommend, albums, whatever, all that good stuff. So um, I don't know. Do you want to kick things off? Should I kick things off? You should kick things off because I don't have anything. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so there's a, a new show on Netflix that I kind of discovered. Not new. It's not new. Nothing's new on Netflix. It's just there and it's discovered. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's a show. I don't know if you guys have been heard of it, but it's called Unsolved. Um, the one is kind of about, well, not kind of, it is about Tupac and Biggie's death. Oh, is it about this officer that's adamant to solve the case? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I've seen the trailer. It's really, really, really good. I've, I've watched about four episodes of it so far. I think it's about 10 episodes. But yeah, so far, so good. Um, it seems, I did ask a friend about it and they said they don't really like the... Um, the whole lookalike thing of Tupac. It seems like people can't get Tupac right, but I feel like the film All Eyes on Me got it right for some reason. But yeah, like my friend didn't. Really but that like film that was questionable. But you was know. it? Did you see all? I did not watch the film, but I okay. heard many, many yeah. a tells. You that should the film definitely check out before you know form your own opinion. Really. Have you watched it? I've seen half of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason why I, I just. Well, I wasn't really feeling it too You're about much. to clown me for not seeing, but you yeah, only but I've, seen half. I've seen I've seen half more than you. That's that's something, right? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I've seen the trailer. That's something as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, Unsolved is on on Netflix. I'm checking it out. Um, so far so good. So if you are intrigued about what was going on, I guess there is a lot of dramatization. It's not exactly. Um, I'm sure some of the elements of it are true, but not all of it. So I don't don't feel like the Netflix is it's like a documentary. Don't feel like it's like that. It's definitely not like that. But um, yeah. Unsolved on Netflix. I'm checking it out, so you should too. Okay, cool. How about you? Um, no TV. Uh, no, actually, one theater. Um, honey, Honey Brown. Oh my god! So we went to go and see our sister in Hive City, City. Legacy, mm-hmm. which was at oh, crap, the Roundhouse. The Roundhouse, right? Oh, venues. Um, which was at the Roundhouse, um, and that was from the ninth or tenth of july and they closed on saturday the 21st mm. um and it was an all it was an all femme of color cast and we absolutely loved it i've never seen stephen grin it from ear to ear with such shared joy he looked like he wanted to get on stage and dance with the ladies and stuff like that you're looking at me like it I'm was it was actually a vibe like honestly i was i was literally bopping like smiling my, i was like on the edge of my seat throughout the whole thing yeah, and no, I don't it was do really, lot, so, really, yeah. it was a really, really good piece. Um, the women, the women on there were absolutely amazing. The energy from the beginning to end was phenomenal. Mm. I think when I see theatres like that, especially device pieces that have a lot of movement, a lot of kind of like there, obviously there was text there, but a lot of movement in a sense. I want the energy be, to be 100 from the beginning to from 100 to the end, even though you're sweating like a cow. I want to see that energy still there. Mm. Um, and they definitely gave that energy. Um, I was even saying, we were even saying that we hope that, you know, a producer might pick it up for them to maybe take it to Edinburgh um, Fringe or like for them to kind of produce it and maybe get it on another kind of like platform. So, yeah, definitely. And they have their sister show, mm-hmm. which they're not in, called Sweet, I think it's, is it hot brown honey? Yes, hot brown honey. Thank you. There you go. Hot brown honey, which will be at the South Bank Centre. Um, I believe from today, mm. yesterday to the 28th, which is Saturday, the 28th, Saturday, the 28th of July 
So if you're looking again for some great theatre, definitely go and check those guys, ladies out. They, you definitely get a great show for sure. But yeah, cool. that's probably my only recommendation. Cool. So I guess we can kind of move on to like our song recommendations, right? Song of the week. It's not really. Well, yeah, I guess song of the week. I guess kick it off or shop it if you want to pick. Yeah. kick it off. What have you got? Like, what's been on heavy rotation for you? Heavy rotation. Or if you have any theater recommendations, let us oh, know. Anything, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll show you some theater recommendations. Um, let's see, let's see. My guy, Fainty Balogun, is playing Jack in The Importance of Being Earnest, which is West End, actually. It's at okay. the Vaudeville Theater on the Strand. It's open at the moment. They're going to press next week. It'll be running for the next couple of months. So that's a big shout out for Fainty. Um, what else? Yeah, okay. Uh, a good, another good friend of mine, Bolohan Obisheson, is directed a production of The Fisherman. Ah, I, that was my recommendation two weeks ago. Oh, mm. is it? Yeah. It's so, up in Manchester at the moment. Yep. And then it's going to come down to the Arcola on the 17th of September. Uh, run for a couple of days. So shout out to Bolohan. And then this is a bit more into the distant future, but maybe something you can discuss closer to the time. But a very good friend of mine, Lynette Linton, Yes, is she she's got a show announced, I believe, at the Globe. Yes. That will be in January. That's quite far ahead. But she's going to be directing Richard II with an all female women of color cast. Super dope. Oh, my God. I'm here for that. So <laughs> check that out. And I don't know if this has been announced yet. So maybe I have to let you know whether or not you can publish this. Okay. But she's also got a show at the Donmar Warehouse before Christmas called Sweat. And wow. uh, she's just gone into production for that now. So those, I believe, are my theatrical recommendations. Great she's stuff. doing some great stuff then. Eh? Oh, no. Also, Pity at the Royal Court with Abraham Papula. Um, he's doing bits there. Uh, and yeah, that's what I've got for now. Great stuff. Wow. There's some. That's some there's a lot of rec- rec- recommendation, guys. Mm-hmm. So definitely Absolutely. go grab yourselves the ticket. It's that I, def- I definitely think a lot of the ones that you have mentioned the ones that are kind of like on my list to go and mm-hmm. see so and Papa Papa Siedu mm. um, wonderful actor he's doing a show at the Harold Pinter Theatre because they're doing a series of short Pinter plays and he's going to be in one of them as is um, as is Emma Naomi so yeah there are lots of our people to check out as For a sure. great stuff, stuff. Great, great. So, uh, yeah, chuck your song in there. What, what, what have you been listening to throughout the week? You know what? It only came to me like two days ago. Okay. Um, it was going to be like, you know, I was talking earlier about how we're listening to a lot of music at the moment mm-hmm. that just means nothing, but it still bangs. So that song, uh, a good friend of mine, Topsy Taiwo, has got a dance magazine, online dance magazine, that's on Instagram and Spotify as well. And he's got a Spotify playlist every month of the big dance tracks that are coming out at the moment. So this dance is called, this magazine is called Source, S-A-W-S-E. Okay. And he put me on a song by ASAP Rocky and Skepta. Right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I only heard that recently. I know it's been about for a second, but, but that just like, the beat on it is is too much. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard it. You know, when you just remembering the words in your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've heard it. The, just that that song is too much. But my song that came to me the other day is "Insane" by Madeline Madison McFerrin. Do, 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 
She she works a lot with her own voice, layered. Um, but she just makes some really beautiful music. So Madison McFerrin, Insane is my song recommendation of the week. Great. I Great thought you were going to say dope, because that's what you like to say. I do like saying dope. But yeah, yeah it's a good song. I guess Either that or maybe... It's got more. It's got more. What, or it would be Egos by um, a young East London rapper called Smoothie. And that's S-M-O-O-S-T-H. V-E-E So Egos It's just a dope track It's a dope track So those are my two song recommendations Two song recommendations Cool Cool. Take them We'll take them That's good Jules What have you got for us? I've got two this week Um, Again This one I I think this will be the last Soka track Before Carnival (laughs) Unfortunately Because we won't be This is our last episode We're recording As we will be going on hiatus Mm -hmm. Um, So my soca track for you guys is Travis World and Salty, and it's called Bend. Oh Lord! All ready? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Ready go? So just make that body bend, 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 my girl. Will you push it back? Will you bend, my girl? Bend, 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 my girl. Will you push it back? Will you bend, my girl? Bend, 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 my girl. Will you push it back? Will you bend, my girl? Now, again, as per usual, I always say Soka is my life. That is what I listen to the most. So I just want to put you guys onto it, really. I want to get some more Soka lovers in the building. <laughs> that, that's my that's my God-given goal in life, I think. Um, and my second track is an oldie because... I don't know. I was listening to this album and with all the Drake stuff, Palava, that's going on, I thought... Drake what? Palava? Yeah, Drake Palava. Give Shiggy his money, Drake. (laughs) (laughs) True that. With all that going on, I was like... And my thoughts on... Is it Scorpion or Scorpio? Scorpion. 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 Scorpion, I thought, let me listen to the album that sold it for me, which was Take Care. I'm always going to go back to Take Care. Um, That's the album yeah, yeah And there's a lot of tracks on there That are my faves But I thought I'd go back to the one That kind of really Kind of Took me there And was one of my faves When I was in Jamaica Was Marvin's Room Oh Wow Cups of the rose. Bitches in my house. He's like, like real, real old school. When I was listening, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a banger. Mm-hmm. Like, raw. <laughs> Is that you, Drake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, but you know. So that's my two tracks of the week. Great stuff. Um, I have got yeah, two tracks as well. Seems like everyone's oh, just dropping. Everyone's out here. Two, two tracks, two tracks, two tracks everywhere. Um, first one is by a um, R&B artist I saw last year. He's kind of coming up. Um, his name is Mac Aries, and the song is called uh, "Get You Right." So 
I think I've said that right. I hope I've said that well, right. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You better get it right. I better. Um, it's actually called "Get You Right Again." Mm-hmm. I guess we meet again, my friend. It's not so often that you come around. Until our track has seen its end I'm a beaver That's what it's called <laughs> Oh, yeah. that was completely different was, to what get, Yeah get, anyway. I was getting, kind of getting mixed up with um, Daniel Caesar, Get You That's oh, okay. all But um, yeah, so um, that's, that's, that's the track, first track I want to recommend um, You probably heard it now And um, yeah, it's a cool track Really, really I get, I get kind of summer vibes from it But it's really, really Late night summer vibes Maybe with your girl You're driving around somewhere Who wow. knows Whatever it just is Just driving around With your girl Yeah Just exactly. taking a drive <laughs> Yeah Everyone, Joe whipping Whip Exactly <laughs> <laughs> And the second track I want to want to recommend We did kind of talk about The internet earlier Obviously the new album Hive Mind It's out So um, yeah The so- second track I want to recommend Is called um, La Di Da <laughs> I'ma write the sound in the lasagna, real talk, something to say My groove right, I might snatch up your wife, smoke like it's nothing Get out my way, talk if you want me And yeah, so that was La Di Da and yeah, I guess the, the vibe is also summary as well uh, everyone's just dropping summer tracks everywhere. Hmm. So. It's only fair, you know. We've got a heat wave in London or in England, so we might as well yeah. bring out the summer tracks, enjoy it, whipping and stuff. In the <laughs> yeah, car, whip, in, whip, in, exactly. in, the, in the headphones and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, exactly that. So um, yeah, those are my tracks. Those are it. Yeah. Cool. Well, here we I are. Can't, here we are. It feels end. like bittersweet because. Before we go, I, Stephen wasn't expecting this, but I'm going to do like a little mini speech because he's looking at me like, <laughs> gave me one dirty look. <laughs> like, oh, this bitch. No, um, so deep. <laughs> but first thing is first, we just want to say thank you, Shopper, for coming on. Thank oh, you, no, thank no you. problem. Speaking to us. And, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Chilled conversation, just talking about you and talking about music. I'm still, I think now my top moment was that Kanye, Kanye rant. <laughs> that is for <laughs> Every time I'm going to be like, yeah, I remember that, that time Shopper came on the podcast and he just told me about Kanye. And, I, you know, I just didn't know what to say. It's, <laughs> it's the only time the words Kanye and rank can go together yeah. and be a positive experience. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so thank you again. Thank you once again for coming on. Um, and obviously, like we mentioned in the last episode, mm. Stephen will be leaving Artistic State of Mind. Oh, no. Um, he's off to international travels um, and stuff. He's looking at me like, girl, don't spoil my business. I'm not going to spoil Why your are you telling people where I'm at? <laughs> you need a holiday. You follow me around. <laughs> people going to be looking for me. Why? I'm trying to hide. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure hosting um, Artistic State of Mind with you. This likewise. was, likewise. this. I don't, I don't find that to be true because you said likewise hella fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this was a... Uh, kind of like idea we started off I came to you about and you were just like yeah and I was like are you sure 
Because Stephen is very quiet. He's very, he's not shy, but you know, he's not. I'll say more reserved. Yeah, he's more reserved guy. So, you know, I wasn't expecting him to say yes. And two years down the line, we've been doing this. So to kind of not have you as my co-host anymore, it's sad. But at the same time, I'm happy for what you're going on to do. Um, but in saying that, I wish you all the best. I'm going to ask if I'm never going to yeah, see exactly. this boy again. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can save this. Because, you save this for later. You can yeah, drop but, me a text. Drop me a text. <laughs> I know that. That'd be cool. But we're not going to be speaking on the mic together. So people are not going to be able to have the opportunity to see us speaking. So I have right. to, you know, let them know. Cool. It's it, it's a sad moment for me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And at the same time, even though you're a text away, you're not going to be in the same country as me, bro. Right. Fair enough. So, you know, it is what it is. But thanks again for... You know, being part of this Assam journey, it's been a pleasure. We've gone on, we hosted a, a live show. We've had some amazing guests on. Yeah. Um, we've taken some wicked pictures. We've created a little cool T-shirt mm. and stuff. So, you know, it's been really, really fun. And on that note, in saying that, we're looking for it. I'm looking for a new host. Um, so if you, like I said in the last episode, if you have an interest or a passion for theatre music, theatre music film and tv and you want to talk about it open and honestly then you might be the right person um drop us an email on artistic som at gmail.com um i will be we're going on hiatus so we won't start recording until later on in the year but definitely before that we'll have a new host starting with us so i will definitely share more information on our socials but in the meantime let's Clap out Stephen. Is it? Thank you. You should be used to this because you. you do this somewhere. So Thank you know it's gonna you. come as a surprise. Yes. Thank He's you. Thank you. For himself. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um yeah, it's been great. Um it's been great talking on the mic. <laughs> Uh, even though I don't really like talking a lot. Thanks, Joppa. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, I feel like I don't deserve this. But um, no. Um, Go yeah, on, bring your cool. Oscar speech. Go on. Do no, it. I, don't, I don't have one. But yes, it's been great. I enjoy, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed every, like, every episode, laughing, bantering with different people and great meeting great people as well. So yeah. And secretly insulting me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Once in a while. But, but no, yeah. no, where can they find us? They Obviously can find us on. Um, they can find us on at artistic som, which is on our Twitter. Um, our Facebook is artistic state of mind, and our sound well SoundCloud we're kind of like artistic state of mind as well. Apple Podcast is artistic state of mind, and I'm missing something else. Instagram. Instagram is artistic som pod. Yes. So yeah, check us out there. Shop it. Where can they find you? They could probably find you everywhere, like TV, films, <laughs> everywhere, really. But yeah. And of course, in the theatre. Yes. Yes, too. Um, yeah, I'm about. I'm about. Um, in terms of the socials, it's Shop Edirisu all the time. Twitter, Instagram. Don't really use Facebook too tough no more. Um, but yeah, that's me. No, I just don't even use it, period. Oh, Personally, God. people have my number. Yeah. There we go. Makes sense. You know people from school like, I wonder what he's That's up to. That's why I don't use Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, Till next time. You're not going to share your personal ones. I'm not really on socials like that anymore. But yeah. I'd just be out here just here for the, the Love Island stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'd be doing right now. So there's nothing for my socials either. But you, like said, Stephen said, you can find us on Twitter, our socials, Artistic SOM, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's been fun, guys. Thank you all. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Till next time. Yeah. I 
think you should okay outro. till next time peace